2009, uh, a group of pastors in Denver, Colorado, gathered to to think, uh, to dream, to pray about how their churches could join forces in their community. Um, a part of their gathering was a conversation with the mayor at the time, who they just asked a very simple question. How can we as churches best work together to serve our city? The mayor then listed out a number of social problems, similar to, to what any city fa faces, even us, um, at-risk kids, uh, areas with dilapidated housing, child hunger, uh, drug and al alcohol abuse, loneliness, uh, elderly shut-ins with no one to look in on them. The list goes on and on. Then the mayor said something that sparked, uh, which could be considered a joint church movement. The majority of the issues that our community is facing would be eliminated drastically, uh, eliminated or drastically reduced if we could just figure out a way to become a community of great neighbors. Neighboring was his answer amongst everything else to address the issues in the city. So I want you just to take a moment. Um, you can close your eyes if, if you want to, if you're comfortable doing. But I want you just to see your neighborhood. I want you to, I want you to picture your house. I want you to, to picture the houses around your house. Um, actually picture those that you see, that you wave at, that you say hi to. Maybe the ones that you even hide from. But just take a minute and just picture. Picture your neighborhood. And then imagine what your neighborhood would look like if everyone was actively neighboring. That is, knowing each other beyond whether they care for their lawn or not, what kind of car they drive, how often they order Uber Eats, but actually neighboring, knowing each other's names, what they do for a living, how they interact with those in their household, maybe even an idea of the needs that they might have in their life. Heck, maybe even a meal with them, right? Like actually eating together. What do you see your neighborhood looking like on a Tuesday night? Or let's say on a Saturday morning? What impact would neighboring have on the lives of those you live next to? And what kind of impact do you think it would actually have on your own life? Now, we know a few things about neighboring. People who have close bonds with their neighbors actually live longer. That's, uh, you know, continuing to be proven that we're at increasing rates, that the, the isolation and loneliness are decreasing life expectancy. And it actually has been shown that those who are connected to their neighbors are less likely to have heart attacks and strokes. We also know that where people know the names of their neighbors, crime is 60% lower. Lila and I were talking earlier this week and she quoted Brene Brown who said, people are hard to hate close Another thing we know is that when natural disasters strike, your neighbors are your first responders. Uh, if you can imagine being in Honduras right now or the Philippines after being, being hit by hurricanes in this month, your, your neighbors quickly become a matter of life or death. Or take the creek fires that we recently experienced around here. There are stories left and right of how neighbors work together to ensure the safety of each other 
and the larger city at whole neighboring those who are displaced, which by the way, just thank you to everybody who consistently gives to Midtown. Um, and then those who specifically went above and beyond for our Creek Fire Relief uh, update was that uh, we were able to help uh, a single mother and her son, uh, who's a part of Heaton Elementary School, uh, get into an apartment. Um, they were displaced because they had actually been living with her mom and dad during the fires. Uh, so she's now back here in Tower. Uh, just two weeks ago, we were able to get a washer and dryer for them into their new rental um, and help replenish clothing uh, and some other essential items in and around the house and, and some food and things. So just thank you and just good job is that's the way that we chose to respond to that. But here's the deal. Neighboring is hard, right? Home is more and more a place we pull away from the world, a place where we find rest from, from work, from the weight of the world. And these aren't bad in and of themselves, but we can also fall victim to our own comfort, to our own individualism, to our own needs, and those actually the needs of those who live around us. And then things like air conditioning, television, Uber Eats, like keep us inside and needing less of each other. And lastly, we don't really have a choice of who our neighbors are. But maybe that isn't such a bad thing. Now, in the Gospel of Luke, one of the four accounts of Jesus' life in the beginning of the New Testament, a religious leader comes to him and asks Jesus, how do I have eternal life? So Jesus asks him, well, hey, what's, what's it actually written in the law? In Luke 27, the religious leader answers, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says you answered correctly. Do this and you'll live. But the religious leader wanted to justify himself. So he asks, and who is my neighbor? Jesus then goes on to tell the parable of what we know as the Good Samaritan. Now here, what Jesus was trying to get the Jewish people back then to see actually outside their ethnic boundaries, their ethnic and physical neighbors, by actually showing that anyone can be their neighbor. Now for us, we tend to need the opposite in our culture. See, we tend to, to actually neglect our geographical neighbors, the ones who live close to us, and give the word neighbor a more metaphorical definition. And as long as people continue to define neighbor as metaphors, oh yeah, everyone's my neighbor, they will just really just continue to neglect their geographic neighbors. We can imagine this right now in a world that we say is so divided. We want to see unity across the country. We want to see unity across everything in the world yet we don't even have relationships with those who live next to us. I don't know if the math adds up there. So what if we took this command to love our neighbor literally? Like what if we actually saw the eight houses around us as who Jesus is telling us to love? That each house on your block or apartment or in your, in your apartment complex, what if like everyone just did that? Do you imagine what would happen across our city if that happened? And maybe the, the bigger question this morning, though, is that how much more could you experience in your life by actually just being open to neighboring? And I think this question could also be asked like this. What more could God have for your life by being open to his spirit working in and through you when neighboring with those around you? Because I think God does care about who we live next to. Paul, uh, early church planner a couple thousand years ago, wrote about half of the New Testament, says this about God in Acts 17, 26 to 27. From one man, he made all nations 
that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries for their lands or the boundaries where they live. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. Have you ever thought about why you live now and not 500 years from now? Why do you live on one continent over another? And to bring it home, why do you live in the neighborhood that you currently live in? Now, I don't know the answer to all those questions, but I do believe that God has a hand in determining when and where people live. So I don't think we need to get to the bottom of how exactly we end up where we end up, but more so the greater question Paul is presenting in the larger context of this passage, do we recognize that all things are by God and for God? Do we recognize that my life is not my own? That God has placed you and I for a particular purpose in a particular time. You see, where we live isn't just about us. Sometimes God actually puts us in places so that those around us, our neighbors, the ones we rub shoulders with, can actually find life with him. Are we open to partner with the work that he is already doing in our neighborhood? So this morning, what we're going to do is I'm going to invite Ariana to, to jump on the screen with me. Some of you might be able to go into like a split, split screen here in a second. Um, others might just see us switching back and forth. Ariana and Kevin are both with us. Uh, and what we're going to do is just talk about neighboring and their story a little bit. So what I would encourage you to do as we're discussing is just be open to what the spirit is stirring in you. What's God actually uh, helping you imagine what neighboring might look like? Because neighboring is different for everybody. So, uh, Adiana, Kevin, welcome. Um, why don't you guys just, just for starters, who you are, your family, and where you guys live? Let's start there. Yeah. Hola, buenos dias. So, yeah, as Ryan said, uh, Adiana. And so this is uh, my family right here. I am the uh, proud daughter of two immigrant parents from Mexico. And so Kevin and I have been married for four years now. Five years, actually. Five years. <laughs> Five years. And we have two daughters. Uh, Maria Victoria is 20 months old. The hola, amigos. Diles hola. Hola. Uh, yeah, no. During worship, she was saying, hola, amigos, hola, amigos, hola, amigos. And <laughs> yeah. now it's time and she's shy. Yeah, camera shy. Yeah. <laughs> And our older daughter is um, 20 years old, uh, but she's uh, she's at work right now. So um, this is a little bit of our familia. Love it. And where, where do you guys live in Fresno? So right now we are um, more like in central Fresno, uh, McKinley and First Area, um, right down the street from Firm. Great. And how long have you lived there? So we actually have been living here for the last three years. We bought our home here. And um, so I'll probably share a little bit about like just how it's been for us moving into a, a new neighborhood where it's very different from where on my own. And I think Kevin's journey too started of neighboring, which is in the Lowell neighborhood. Um, so it's it, we recently have started feeling like I think we we're on a walk the other day and we we're like, oh, it's starting to feel like home. Um, so our neighboring journey has been a little slower here, but I think in a, in a way, uh, really beautiful, beautiful. 
So, so let's go off that. And, and thank you for just starting that and just kind of inviting us into your lives. Um, you just said that it actually kind of started to feel like home. And you talked about there was, you guys were on a walk, like there was an instance that you kind of felt that happen. Um, when you say it feels like home and neighboring is connected to that, like what, what does neighboring mean to you in that context? Yeah. So I think, you know, you were talking a little bit about like how God like just brings people together. And like, I, I, I love this idea of neighborhoods because I really do find it really fascinating to think that like out of all the places, out of all the homes, right. Out of all the lifetimes that people could live in, like, we were put together with the people in our neighborhood. And I agree, like, I don't think that's like by chance. I think that's like a really personal invitation from God to us. Um, and so like, for, for me, neighboring really is, I think you can be a neighbor, but you're not necessarily neighboring, right? And for me, neighboring is about that intentionality um, in knowing the people that, that are around you um, in, in, a, in a proactive way. So just to keep it simple. That's good. I love how actually taking that idea of neighbor and neighboring is the action of that. Or yeah, you can have neighbors and they can, you have people, but like it doesn't actually mean anything until you're actively participating in neighboring. Um, so in, in regard to just that active participation of neighboring, like the, the, the action word that's there, a little bit of what that's looked like for you guys, um, you know, maybe the ups and the downs, like a, a cool moment, uh, a loss, a struggle, it just, yeah, any of that. So um, I, I want to sort of give like a little bit of a disclaimer that I think like my own journey of neighboring that started uh, 10 years ago ended up like literally changing the trajectory of my like career and passions. Wow. And so like, I, I don't, I don't think that it always has to be that macro in order for it to be impactful. But um, for me personally, a little bit of my own journey with neighboring, I moved to the Lowell neighborhood about 10 years ago to do the pink house, which many of you are familiar with. There was a, like, there was a, there was this big intentionality around knowing your neighbors. And so I was interacting with a lot of the Spanish speaking moms in my neighborhood through my internship. Uh, they were doing a lot of volunteer activities for the kids. They were doing a lot of cleanup projects. So I was just along to support them in those efforts. And so I just naturally got, it, got to know them a little more, started to build some really close friendships. They would invite me over for coffee. I would be really intentional about trying to walk in the neighborhood. We would run into each other and just spark conversations that way. They would invite me over to kids' birthday parties. And I think like slowly through those um, more uh, intimate friendships, I started getting to know a little bit more of um, their uh, personal journeys and found out that a lot of them were undocumented. Okay. And so like for me, I, that was when like finding out they were undocumented, I didn't realize how many, how many biases I had towards people that are undocumented and a lot of misconceptions around immigration as well. Um, and I was also like, I was also really struck by the fact that there were, there were these women that were actively participating in the shalom of their communities, whether or not they called it that, right? Mm -hmm. Um but then they were outcasted by society as a whole. And I think like, I was a new Christian at the time. And so I was trying to read the Bible, trying to understand it. And the one thing that even, you know, outside of how complex it is to understand the Bible, sometimes the one thing that I held to was Jesus has something to say about 
like the outcasts in our society, right? Uh So like I had to pay attention to that because they were in many ways like the outcasts that I saw in my society. And so I had to press into that because I, I got to know my neighbors and thus I was confronted with the reality of being undocumented. And so I started pressing more into that, started learning more about immigration, policy in our country. And um, now it really is my passion and what I feel called to, to be involved in immigration advocacy. Um, And so like that came through my own experience of neighboring. Um, And so in the neighborhood that I'm at right now, there are these two older um, white men that live in front of us. And uh, the first year that we moved in, it was really hard for me to engage with them because oftentimes I would like try to say hi to them. And I felt like they would just kind of like dismiss me. And there was a few times where Kevin and I would be outside together and they would just like talk to Kevin, not even acknowledge me. And honestly, like my first thought was, all right, y'all two are either racist or sexist. So like, bye, you know, and I made my own assumptions. And I think through my experience with living uh, next to them, like they've become some of my favorite neighbors, like probably some of my favorite people, honestly. Um, They bring food from the, um, from the food banks to Maria Victoria. And we just, we've had some really good conversations and like, I, I've had to deal with the shit in my heart, (laughs) like, because I was ready to write them off. Right. So I think like when I think neighboring, when, when we rob ourselves of the opportunity to like step into what it means to be a, 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 an intentional neighbor, we make God's too small because I don't, I, I just think that there's a much bigger kingdom that he's inviting us into through neighboring. And um, if we don't neighbor, we just fall into this illusion of the truths that we want to create about people that are, that are different than us. Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah, I think that's just a little bit of, how yes i've learned some beautiful things and i've been able to give back to my community through neighboring but more importantly like just the transformation that i've seen in my own life both in small and big encounters wow well there's not going to be enough time to do justice to unpack all of that because i have about 20 different directions i want to go in with that um but there's a couple things that like you you just explained there's a process to this I mean, you, you had, you had a, a, a certain interaction early on with a couple of neighbors that there was a process to what actually ended up resulting. It wasn't, I mean, and it doesn't sound like there's an arrival to that. Um, and then the other piece is that the actual interaction with those closest to you opened up a whole new thing that God was calling to you, you to in your life that was bigger than just the eight houses around you. Um, and if, if we can kind of narrow in on that piece and then, you know, ask this and then probably one, one final question, then we'll wrap up. Uh, and by the way, again, Denise, if my computer dies, you can, you can wrap up with Ariana and, and take us into communion. Um, but in, in, in regard to that larger aspect, so, so I think about from the beginning of time, uh, God actually working with Israel, one of the biggest things that uh, I think we can often miss is that he blessed Israel so that they could be a blessing to others. Like they, they, they were called to be blessed to then go and bless. Um, so I'm curious in your life and your journey of neighboring, 
Uh, how do you see kind of that, that blessed to be a blessing? I know that blessed can be misused in our culture quite a bit. Um, and, and maybe even to kind of to, to pinpoint, uh, where's Jesus at in that? Like, what is life with Jesus? How has that changed the way that you've actually looked at your interaction with others to bless them and then how that's come back to you? I think, you know, just going back to um, the, the moms in my neighborhood, the, be, beyond diving into something much deeper and complex that I, that has shaped my life a lot around immigration. Um, when I got to know the moms in the neighborhood, I was in a season of um, really just struggling a lot with my identity and um, just even just around the concept of like gender role expectations in my culture growing up. And so uh, I was really struggling a lot with like, how do I value myself as a Latina woman in God? Oh, yeah. And so my own journey with the moms was deeply healing because um, I think God just showed me so much beauty in who the Latina woman is in our mm -hmm. society not just in our society, but in our households in a way that like, I, I didn't think I knew how to look at it from, from like the Latina woman exemplifying Jesus as someone who sacrificed themselves for, for the people they love. And so someone who knew how to be a servant at heart, um, but also just someone that knew how to like, just advocate for others as well. And I saw that in the moms and I think through that, like, I don't know, like, what came first, right? Was it like my own transformation? Or was it that I was able to um, walk alongside them and like connect them to resources? Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I think it's just like, God just works in this circular way where it's, it's one of those things that you said, like, it's a ongoing journey. And that yeah. transformation just becomes holistic all around. Like, I don't think you can neighbor without like really realizing that there's like a deep impact that happens in your own life as well as you are um just supporting people around you yeah oh it's so good um and hey by the way i mean even as you just kind of open some things up like yeah you, you're 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 starting to the conversation i mean there's so many more layers to to your experience and the things that you're talking about right now with gender roles and culture and um being a latino woman and in, in, in household and at large like is can you are you open for anyone following up with you um personally from this group okay um, so what we can do after, you know, we, we wrap up our convo, if you can just drop your email in the, in the chat box. Um, and if anybody wants to follow up, uh, yeah, I'd encourage that. Um, and, and thank you. Um, so what would be your encouragement to someone, you know, uh, in, in kind of mixed, but like a lot of people in some ways are already neighboring, um, others are, are not neighboring at all. Like, like we all land on different spectrums. Uh, it's a complete journey. I think we're like, we're always trying to like come clumsily, like trip our way through neighboring. Like it, it, there's just different seasons of it. What's one encouragement you'd give of, of why or how to neighbor? Yeah, I think, I think the biggest encouragement be, because of what I've seen now in our, in our new neighborhood is that I've learned that small is beautiful. Hmm. Um, because, you know, I mentioned like, we moved this to this new neighborhood three years ago, and it's so different from Lowell. Like, I was really discouraged at first because there's just a lot of intentionality in Lowell about this value of neighboring, a lot of structured opportunities to get to know your neighbors. And so we moved in over here and it's, you know, it was just, it's quiet. 
Mm-hmm. People are just, it just kind of seems as though people are literally driving it to their driveways. It's just the place where their homes are. And so it's easy to make those assumptions, right? Um, and so, but at the same time, there was also this excitement about like starting off slow and letting things be organic. So my husband and I just started taking walks in the neighborhood and getting to know people that way through just, you know, over and over encounters. Um, we're very intentional about taking our kids to our, our girl to the um, neighborhood park, even though the place structure isn't the cleanest, right? And so there's a large uh, Latino community that's played sports there. So they play soccer, they play volleyball. I find it interesting that they don't invite my six foot white husband to play soccer, <laughs> but they do invite him to play volleyball. It's like, hey, that's alto, you're tall, come, come over here. So, you know, and he's, he's survived with the five words in Spanish that I've taught him, you know? And so I've gotten to know some of the wives um, that live in the neighborhood that way. Mm. Um, so I recently, we got a little more brave. And so my husband's dad gives them grapes and, um, instead of giving them to our friends and family, like we usually try and do, we decided to just, all right, go give them to three neighbors at a time. And hopefully that sparks more conversations, you know? And so I think for me, it's also been really cool to see the fact that it doesn't have to be this huge transformational thing. Like it was for me in my previous neighborhood. Um, which like there's still those deep relationships from the little neighborhood right but um, it's slow and it's small and those simple encounters play a big part of a larger transformation yeah that's so good and and being the tall white guy unless they need a goalie uh, <laughs> you tell them right <laughs> and yeah so anyways another another story for another <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, honestly, such a blessing and to be able to see Kevin, your daughter, Kim, and also, and yeah, just thank you for your heart and being vulnerable with us this morning and willing to share that, that we can glean from um, just what God's done in your life and, and how we can uh, just listen to God through that and, and for what he's calling, not only us individually, but honestly, us collectively too. Um, so thank you very much. Appreciate you. Um, so, hey, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to give us a couple of resources and close us out as my computers hit 5%. Um, what I want to do is give you an opportunity. If, if you want to take your next step in neighboring, it can look a, a bunch of different ways, but you can actually text, so pull out your phone and you could text neighbors to 94000. That whole uh, I before E except after C, apparently it works after N also because neighbors is N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-S. Uh, it can be a difficult little word, um, but neighbors to 94000, what you're going to get, you're going to get a neighborhood map. And this would just kind of help you have a starting point. Like who lives next to me? Do, do, do I know their names? What names could I fill in? Maybe you just need to start with the addresses. Like, hey, here's the addresses of the homes. And then I need to start filling in the, the names. Maybe you know all their names, but do you know another detail about their life? A little bit, a little bit deeper. What it actually means you'd have to have a conversation with them. Which neighbors have you invited into your home? And you, so you can work through that map. And then what I would encourage you to do wherever you're at is just start somewhere. Um, and if, if you're looking for a starting point, I would recommend go on a prayer walk. Like just step outside and go walk um, and be willing just to go write down those addresses and be, just begin praying. Because I, what, what, I, what I want us to hear most, maybe through all of this, is that remember that we're partnering with God and what he's already doing. Um, I think Ariana just beautifully just said, like, small is beautiful. Like, like we, we don't need to have this big structure or these big ideas or, you know, see everything just be like revolutionized on our block. But if we just start with just praying, 
we're, we're actually joining in on what God's already doing. And then we become more, oper- more open to opportunities that he presents to us. Because the, the idea here is that as followers of Jesus, as people with God's spirit, we have the ability to partner in bringing hope where there is no hope. We have the ability to bring joy where there is no joy. We have the ability to actually press into love where there is no love. And here's the hope overall as we continue this series of of being placed for purpose. Is that as people of God, the call is to be the kinds of people that demonstrate the kingdom and speak the life we have in Jesus in our normal everyday lives such that it ripples out into the world. So what's the next step for you? And on that, let's head into time of communion with Denise.